and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It's the Brad and Brit cast. It's We Try Harder Thursday day, where we really, really come with all we've got. All we've got. And my list is spectacular today. All right. All right. It is spectacular. Um, slob wants to buy CNN. Okay. School shootings equal wildfires and smoke. Okay. How is that possible? Um, work from home, my ass. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> And uh, now we move over to Fight Club. Okay. Here are your choices on today's card. Uh, Tag team versus Trump to torpedo Trump. Greg Norman versus Rory McIlroy. And Tucker versus the Jews. Oh, um, that's that's good stuff. Let's do uh, the tag team to take down Trump because we haven't really gotten into that this week. There's been a lot of developments in that whole thing, and, and things are moving quite fast at this point. Yeah. Uh, one of the conservative columnists for the Washington Post these days is a guy named Henry Olson. Henry Olson. And he thinks that Chris Christie and Mike Pence ought to team up Run a tag team operation to torpedo Trump's campaign. <clears throat> he uh, outlines the strengths of both men by noting that Christie has, these are his words, not mine, both a bombastic personality and sharp debating skills that give him the tools to be a thorn in Trump's side. Pence, meanwhile, again, my words, has an earnestness that might wound Trump more with a key group of voters, evangelicals. And I know what you're thinking, Britt. This is so pathetic. It is. And it's so inherently not going to work if it is ever tried that but okay, let's play the let's play the game here. Uh and I think what he's trying to get at is that Trump, who has taken over the Republican Party, scrambled every possible bit of logic in the minds of people that support him and they all have their reasons for supporting him but number one and this does not address that number one is he fights hard for me he doesn't take crap from anybody his enemies are the right enemies and they're coming after him, so therefore they're coming after me. Or as Trump likes to say, they're coming after me because they're coming after you. This does not address any of that, this, this, this plan to uh, suddenly get the completely irrational, I think. But I know there are actual real explanations on why devout Christians, evangelicals, checked whatever kind of judgment they've had over say, every Democrat in human history mm. to uh, to uh, glom on to Donald Trump and excuse everything he's ever done from grabbing women's pusses on down. Uh, and women's then, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then there's the there's the assumption that uh, somehow if uh, Chris Christie and, you know, it is really true. I mean, his calling could be, if he ever wanted to do it, he could be the greatest right-wing talk show host of them all if he really wanted to just go all in on something. like. First of all, he's already got the girth. He's got the size. He's got the old rush body. Right? And, uh, and on, on from there. But he's quick. He's fast. He's funny. And he knows his stuff. But taking down Trump that way, getting him to admit he's wrong, which would never happen, or beating him with logic and decency and pounding him into the turf. What do you think that the Trump supporters would Well, yeah, I never noticed that uh, Donald Trump's full of shit and there's a guy who actually called it out. I didn't realize that until now. I just don't think that the, the Trump is vulnerable in either of those two areas. What do you think? I, I'm, I'm kind of wary of the idea, oh, Chris Christie is just the asshole we need. 
you know, that, that argument is kind of because it didn't exactly work in 2016 when they were, you know, on stage together along, uh, you know, with a whole bunch of other people. Now, Chris Christie pretty much kicked the ass of Marco Rubio and sent him back to the woodshed, which was kind of nice. Yeah. But, right. That, that was kind of easy pickings in a way when you think about it. But I don't know. I I just don't know about this this idea that uh, he can. I don't know if anybody we need to get into an asshole contest with Donald Trump. That that would be my main point is well, I don't know that that's really the whole deal. And then the, the, the what you suggest here is sort of a high low approach, like. Mike Pence takes the high road and, and Chris Christie takes the low road and they somehow, you know, cut block him or something like that. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, uh, it's odd. Let's look at some of what uh, Olson says here. Trump's recent positions on abortion give Pence a big opening. Pro-lifers didn't work for nearly 50 years to overturn Roe versus Wade simply to have a chance to negotiate, which is what Trump says he would do on abortion well i they believe want to abortion period but wait a second <laughs> remember what trump said at the town hall last month and he yelled it and he screamed it and they loved it he just wants to always remind you and of course this is not true but he appointed the three judges yeah that overturned it if it wasn't for him right. personally there'd still be a roe versus Wade. so all of these facts all of these facts, all of these ideas that might be floating around in each state to to squeeze it down to, to six weeks or six minutes or minus six weeks doesn't matter because Trump is just a tsunami of, of crap that, that overwhelms a polite discussion of anything. Anything, so I don't know. Uh, it's just something that's that, that's out there. It's and as far as the, these there. negotiations for Trump, as far as abortion goes, I can just imagine how that's going to come, sir. What do you have as your plan for negotiating ab abortion? We've got the best plan. We've got the best people working on it. We're going to have right. a really great and, plan. And by the way, just just in case, I know this is going to be breaking news to him, but a president has nothing to say. No, in terms of action about. Abortion. You don't yeah. sit in the Oval Office and make decisions about it. it is now up to the states. Yeah, that's what they wanted. Yeah. You want it. You got it. It's it's up to governors and state legislators and wonderful people like that all across the country to do what they're doing. So, you know, it almost shouldn't even be a a, a an issue discussed in presidential politics anymore, right? It's been well, yeah, it's too late. It's been baby. decided. It's too now, late, baby. Now it's too late for now uh all right so that's that one that's that one uh what do you want oh you know what let me uh let me play this clip he's <laughs> gonna die um the guy who owns uh wabc radio in new york yeah. formerly america's most listened to radio station during the glamour days of cousin brucey dan ingram big ron lundy and Harry Harrison, when WABC Music Radio was the leading station in the nation, fell upon hard times as it uh, transitioned itself into a talk station 40 years ago. And uh, then this slob, uh, John Katsimidis, uh, Katsimatidis, that's it, how do you say it? Katsimatidis, uh, something like that. He, he He's a billionaire, and... Uh, he made his money uh, owning the Gristides grocery chain in New York. So he buys up WABC. He was a radio fan. He's 74 years old. He probably grew up listening to uh, all those people that I was talking about. Um, and he bought WABC, and he made it even harder right. And uh, they're actually doing a lot better than they used to do. So, of course, the worst thing that can happen for a guy like this is to have a little bit of success because he thinks he can transfer that. So here he is. I don't know whether this was this morning or yesterday uh, explaining very quickly here, his uh, plans for CNN when he uh, buys it from Warner brothers uh, discovery. Here you go. Well, let me tell you something. You heard it first here. 
I'm going to make an offer to buy back CNN. Is that true? Seriously? Seriously. I mean, they don't know what they're doing over there. No. They need somebody, they need somebody that knows what they're doing. The purpose of, of a news channel is to, to tell the news, not just opinions, and tell the truth. And that's what the people need. I'll remind you, I'll remind you, this is a guy that thinks having Rudy Giuliani on his station is a good idea. He's already Let's, got I'd, Rudy nailed down. Yeah. yeah, I'd like for you to, the guy who's telling us you just need to tell the truth employs Rudy Giuliani. No. Uh, New York Post broke this one. Mm. Actually, they listened to the radio and then wrote a story about it and then called uh, Katz and Matitas up. Mm. Said it'll be up to the investment bankers to come up with the numbers in regards to how much he'd pay. We'd all probably bring in partners, but I want to run the place. We're capable of putting down a substantial amount of money. I'd go run the place tomorrow. I'd just want a dollar per year in salary and a piece of the upside. And remember, this guy's a big trumper. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So imagine these. Now, before you go, it's never going to happen. Three days ago, if I told you that the PGA would sell itself out to the Saudis for money, you would have said, I don't think so. Now, if I tell you today that Warner Bros. Discovery would never sell CNN for any price to anybody just to make a quick buck and get out from underneath the pain and suffering that uh, they incur from trying to run it or turn it into some kind of uh, fair and balanced, great words, uh, center non-partisan network that they would just want to just take the money now and, and get would you say for sure there's no way they would sell it they keep saying they're not going to sell it i think they'll sell it i don't think they're going to sell it to boo boo the fool there they're going to yeah. sell whoever offers the most money yeah, they don't care about the i, I also don't think they don't care about the audio i also don't believe he's going to offer the most money i don't think he's going to be the guy i, don't know. I mean I, and i don't know if the big players i don't know if paramount's interested i don't know if uh disney is interested no. i don't know they don't want it they don't want it, it it's a it's a very very labor intensive yeah. business in a declining pie as Cable news just itself in general is a, a, a shrinking product. Um, so if this guy comes along with the right offer, he's got a good as chance, I think, of talking these these people into getting out from underneath that as uh, anybody. Because when you when you realize that CNN only contributes about five percent at best of the uh, revenues of discover yeah yeah it's not a big deal for them they they i mean to me after what's happened in the last year year and a half if i were them i'd be dying to just get rid of it it's too much time being spent just on that it. you got to figure out how to make the next fucking batman movie okay well, yeah <laughs> you gotta get that right that's a lot more lucrative than than, than cnn it just is that's what they do. if um you know, if Paramount wanted to expand the CBS News pr- footprint or if Disney wanted to expand the ABC News footprint, that would be one solution for doing that. But as you say, it's really tough right now, particularly because the, the brand has taken a beating and a half. Well, it's, just, <laughs> it's taken a huge but, beating. But broadcast news is is shrinking. Cable news yeah. is shrinking. And it is. we always get to this, oh, let's put together two losers and it'll equal one winner. Time Warner AOL. <laughs> Excuse me. Are you are you on board with me that these guys at Warner Brother Discovery they're just a bunch of uh, clowns? I mean, the, the yeah. guys who are running the place they they they're just idiots. They have no idea what's going on. Yeah. And they are. I mean, it, it does it does give you the vibes of like some of the people we worked with in radio. Not that everything is analogous, but holy shit, Red, these guys they, they're, no, they're all the same. They they're really are all the same people. You know that. On, there's like man. one thing in life that's been kind of universal to me is like the suits fuck up everything it's just it really is a thing that you can just take to the bank every single time it's every nobody single- knows nothing nobody knows anything if there was some way you could if there was some way you could go long you know you could bet long on suits fucking things up and make money off of that it would be great if you could do that because you could win a lot you could beat the house many times 
Even just a general bet like that? Yeah, just a general bet. that I mean, and, and it's like when you get one that's halfway decent, it's so refreshing. Like somebody who actually kind of knows what they – Reed Hastings was a guy, I guess, who was like a guy who knew a lot of shit and was very good and was able to captain his ship for a while, and eventually he went on his way. He went and he no, did what he was still, supposed to do. He's still running Netflix. He did. I thought he. Had, I thought he bowed out, and there were some other people in charge. No, no, now. No, 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 no. He he is there. He is well, there. He's done a. He's and done he's a, got a guy that's uh, been with him for for twenty five years. Ted Sarandos. That's the two of them. Ah. That, uh, that are in charge. Um. But yeah, there's. Oh, well, well, see, it's just a kind of an interesting sidelight, and uh, just that guy's voice. <laughs> but you, but you know this not to just shatter glass it reminds me of the time that bruton smith was on wbt and he was going to buy the panthers from jerry richardson it's just a, a guy mounting off that's what that's what that reminded me of that whole clip well uh you're right but those were the good old days <laughs> they were think of what's happened since then think of who's bought what since then i mean who was the worst owner of a major for- sports franchise of the last 25 years is it, uh, daniel snyder the guy that owned the washington yeah. redskins is it uh, sterling the guy that had the the la clippers. clippers for all those years is it the consortium of people who own the uh, oakland a's right yeah. who have uh, yeah. managed to, to, to turn that baseball franchise into to nothing there's a lot of them and then I think Daniel Snyder has him beat. I honestly think, and I mean, Sterling was a worst person, was a worse person, maybe because of his ultra racist tendencies. But selling um, expired airline peanuts to your fans the way that Dan Snyder t- did, that's pretty special. Oh, tell me about that story. I don't know that. They did. They went, they, they were, they, they were selling peanuts to their customers. And somebody turned over the package. Oh, this is like not okay. This is like, out of date six months and then the post went back and they did they backdated and he had gotten like a surplus of unused airline peanuts and he was repurposing they always come in those teeny tiny little tins that's right nobody's nobody sells those well you can't buy buy those at dollar general well daniel (laughs) snyder did and he (laughs) sold them out of date (laughs) so yeah, that's that's uh that's one of the many things that he did to his fans. There's a lot of there's a lot of bad shit that he did to that franchise. And eventually, why did the why did the the owners decide they had to get rid of him? Well, because he had lost so much goodwill in the greater you know DMV area that he couldn't get a stadium built. And they were like, "Well, fuck you, you're done." Bye. All right, I, let me do another. I forgot to to use this as a headline. Uh, another really bad week for Clarence Thomas. Here you go. Oh. Yeah, let's go and do that now. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a, a twofer. It's a twofer. It's uh, not no repeat Thursday. It's two stories about Clarence Thomas Thursday. We will begin with the one that's uh, a day old, which is Clarence Thomas and his brother from a different mother, Samuel Alito. Both are saying. We just can't seem to get our annual financial disclosure forms ready in time. We can't finish our homework in time, teacher. We can't get them done. So they went to the, uh, I don't know who receives those, the Justice Department. I don't know. Uh, They got a 90-day extension to file their forms. And by the way, this is four years in a row that Alito hasn't been able to get it in on time uh um, what what can you say why can't clarence thomas get his financial disclosure i guess he's he's waiting for the uh final total on the amount of crap that harlan crow has gifted him in the last 12 months so he can lie about it and cover it up so yeah. he needs another 90 days. I think Team Thomas has figured out there may be a tad more scrutiny this year. So they've got they've got to kind of really, really lean into it because it wouldn't be that difficult to to like go back and look at the old ones. But the one this but, year is going to be. Yeah, this is exactly another example of the rules are different for Supreme Court justices compared to everyone else. I mean, oh, sure. You talk about uh, tax day every year and you always hear uh, 
Well, you know, if you can't get them filed on time, you can apply for an extension. Yeah. And uh, the IRS is happy to do that, but you'll have to pay interest on any tax owed if, in fact, you do owe taxes. But you can do that. Of course, here, there's no penalty whatsoever. It's 90 days. What's the difference? No penalties. Because this isn't a big deal anyway, right? Yeah. Jim Weber chimes in on Facebook. We'll find out Crow had Thomas as a dependent. Yeah, that's that's what's going to happen right there. <laughs> Crow has Thomas as a dependent. <laughs> you know, we have not talked about Mark Meadows allegedly turning on Donald John Trump. We have not mentioned that this week. Well, let me finish with uh, okay with with Clarence and Clarence. We can go go to town on on Meadows. Uh, Clarence Thomas and his side lost today a five to four decision. Who oh. was the fifth who oh. switched teams? The answer, Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, no. Brett, Brett Kavanaugh and John Roberts voted along with the three liberals. Yeah. That Alabama is so fucked up and so racist and so gerrymandered that their map, and this is exactly what goes on in North Carolina. And so maybe, just maybe, there's a shot that the current congressional map in North Carolina will hold. We have a 7-7 tie in U.S. representatives, which is representative of the overall population of North Carolina. But the Republican state legislature in North Carolina would love to redraw mm -hmm. all the districts so that it becomes... Oh, 12 to 2, 13 to 1, 14 to nothing. How about 14 to nothing plus uh, an extra two just for fun? 16 yeah. to nothing, even yeah. though we only have – that's what they would do yeah. if the Supreme Court said that they could do that. But in Alabama, they have said now that they were so racist. And, of course, you're not supposed to make rules based on racial – boundaries or where black and white people live you just do it based on their quote politics unquote and they're cool with it even though you realize that a certain group may vote democratic so you do it that way and you pretend you're not being racist bottom line here's the deal alabama is 27 percent black okay. population 27 percent black they have seven congressional districts the Republican legislature drew the districts and have drawn them, I guess, forever, so that black people are a heavy majority in one district. And the rest of the black people are sliced and diced and cut up and dispersed so that their influence is completely wiped out in the rest of the state. So you always have a six to one white over black. Six to one. Majority. Six to one. So they didn't decide it can't be five to two. That doesn't. Eh, we'll go. Just give them one. One's fine. And just for, for, for those of you who uh, uh, love the numbers here, uh, one out of seven is 14.28%. Okay. Two out of seven, right? That would be 28.56%. And it, coincidentally, Alabama's population is 27% black. Right. So that's pretty darn close. That's margin of error stuff. So there should be at least two districts that are majority black or not one plus six all being majority white 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 with uh, blacks dispersed and brett kavanaugh agreed with that well, idea of fairness brett kavanaugh was so drunk he forgot he was supposed to screw over black people well then then keep him drinking because he <laughs> he made the right call <laughs> along with John Roberts. So who wrote the big dissent? It was Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas is so damn pissed that them blacks are yeah. going to probably get a, get a second person who might be black to represent them in Alabama. So, so unfair. You talk about a guy so, that shut so the door unfair. behind him. You talk about a guy that slammed the door shut behind him, the door to opportunity. Yep. Clarence Thomas wrote that the question was whether the Voting Rights Act, quote, requires the state of Alabama to intentionally redraw its longstanding congressional districts. Think about, so there's Clarence Thomas. Because they've been longstanding, gerrymandered, anti-black 
moves over the years to go one and six, that that's a justification for not redressing the grievance. Wow. There you go. Wow. That's Clarence Thomas in a nutshell. That's that's him. That's basically who the who the Huey is right there. That's him. But uh, uh, good for good for Brett Kavanaugh. And uh, I would not feel very confident here in North Carolina so much if I was on the side of the uh, lawsuit that uh, the Supreme Court is hearing uh, about something very very similar here in our state. So that's that. All right, give me the Mark Meadows story here because I Meadows. I love this and and he just that guy, boy. You talk about we've been uh, waiting, waiting for this one. My goodness. Oh. Mark that. Meadows, the former congressman from uh, Western North Carolina, also the former chief of staff, most notably when January the 6th of 2021 happened, has reportedly, according to many outlets, uh, made a deal with the Department of Justice. He's accepted a certain plea bargain in return for certain testimony that will certainly damn Donald John Trump sold straight to hell. And there are reports that an indictment may be forthcoming either from Florida or from the D.C. circuit. We don't know which one, but apparently Mark Meadows figured out that uh, I'm tired of pitching for Donald Trump and it's time to save my own ass. Wait, you mean Mark Meadows didn't want to spend the rest of his life in jail in service to Donald Trump? What's wrong with him? Where's the loyalty? Where is the loyalty, Mark? Again, I got to feel like there was a wife or a brother or a relative, some sort of the Mark, you're in deep enough shit. Time to time to grab a scoop and go. I mean, there, there, there's got to be somebody in his life. <laughs> he might have figured this one out. Uh, Maybe on his own. My, my favorite part of the Mark Meadows story, and this goes back to the January sixth uh, hearings in Congress, was when it was revealed that on January sixth, in the one two o'clock hours after things were really starting to break down at the Capitol. Um, Capital! Don Jr. in particular wanted to get messages to Donald Trump, the president, his father. So naturally, he texted his father. No, he didn't text his father. He, he texted Mark Meadows right. to get the message to his father. Now, that's that's a loving relationship if there ever was one. So if that doesn't put Mark Meadows at the center of everything it should and by the way it's not just don jr who was talking to meadows no, and Hannity and laura that. ingram right and and and, and meadows was a hundred percent all in all in on whatever means necessary to overturn the election i love it you know he tweets out no matter how cockamamie the idea is when some, you know, so he was always the guy and it was kind of disappointing that they couldn't hammer him into appearing in public. I mean, he disappeared for a long time. Nobody's, you know, nobody's seen him in public for a long time. You know who I feel sorry for at Cassidy Hutchinson. She's never going to be able to appear in public again because of the crazies that are out there. No, it's true. She's just not. No, I mean, she well, there's needs, several. She needs there's move. Talk about leaving the country. She needs to leave the country. Unfortunately, there's she there's several of them that are you know no longer no longer going to be able to show their faces anymore. Uh, but Meadows has finally decided. He's seen the light on this whole thing. Limited immunity has been granted to him uh, based on his testimony and what he's able to to tell and to know. It took long enough for it to get there, but he finally got to the right place. It's never too late to do the right thing, Mark. Yes, it is. <laughs> Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> well, when you're behind, when you're actually in the jail and they lock it, at that point, it's probably too late. <laughs> you probably It's probably too late when they lock the cell. Then you're probably effed. You probably, get, you probably yes. got nothing to say. You see, I, I have this fantasy, and this is, this is full fantasy, that they, they put Trump out at the, uh, was the DMX uh, prison out there in Colorado, the real tough. The Supermax. Supermax prison out there outside of Denver where, you know, El Chapo is there. Um, you know, I think the, the Unabomber is there. All those kind of people. That's where they, that's where they end up. You know, where he's and coming. you know, where he's uh, coming. you know, you know, where he's wait, coming. Uh, wait, but since Robert Hansen, America's most notorious spy. Yeah. yeah. 
who was out there for 21 years just died. Yeah. My thought was that just like a, just like a, a condo, somebody just moved out. It's a great, con- it's open. You can buy it. They should reserve that for Trump. They should keep it open, <laughs> but don't give it to anybody else. No mass murders. This is for Nobody you, sir. Like it's your suite. It's your, it's your suite. And of course that's, that's not going to happen. We'll, we'll be happy if he just ends up at a, at a camp cupcake well, kind of thing, or uh, you know, a Mara lockup. We'll call it Mara lockup. Where I feel like he's destined to go to Butner. He's going to be right here in North Carolina with us. I mean, it's it, it was the prison of the stars for many many years. Well, Michael Cohn was at a place. I think it was in upstate New York somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And he he described it as you know pretty pretty horrible to be there. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't Rikers Island or Sing Sing or supermax out of but don't you think trump's going to insist on going to the same one bernie madoff went <laughs> i want to go to the same place bernie was all right here it is sir your place to go didn't madoff become kind of a popular he did inmate he did i don't know, I don't know he, as, as, as horrible a criminal as he was he did know stuff and and he was a good advisor for for uh these guys on on financial affairs i assume that he was giving legitimate advice at that point well, in the, case, in, the, in the case of Trump, what would Trump, what would Trump have to offer to anybody as a fellow <clears throat> prisoner? Because uh, what kind of he, questions you want to ask Donald Trump as a prisoner in the butt, Bob? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know what he would have to offer. In the butt, to, yeah. To, I don't know what he would have to offer, but I think uh, his his general. There, let us just say, if he gave bad advice. There's certain accountability in, in that situation that he yeah. wouldn't face in other in other ways. It's true. Certain accountability would happen. So, and I That's God, I can't. I, that makes me pissed off because there was somebody else that was fairly famous that just got transferred to Butner in the past few months, and now I, I cannot remember who it was. But it was somebody that everyone would know, and it was a very famous case. And, and I can't remember who it was now, but it uh, it, it was a big deal. And they just have had so many. And I always go back to not only Madoff, but it was Jesse Jackson Jr. They've had so many people who are are famous who have ended up there. Is Jesse Jackson Jr. out? Didn't he only get about five years? Yeah, I think he's out. Yeah. I don't believe he's he's stuck around for very long. He wasn't a life or anything like that. So, uh there are, you know, there's there's a lot of rumors, again, as I mentioned, that the the indictments could be coming down in days, not weeks, not months. So keep your eye on that one. Yeah. Because again, Jackson, don't fuck around. Hey, wait, he's still looking for new lawyers. Yeah. (laughs) That the turmoil among the lawyers that you do see or that are around, you know, they're fighting each other, of course, of course. And and just think what's still out there in the legal world that would consider at this moment jumping on board to this case oh my god read that headline how bad would you have to be how desperate would you have to be read that headline unabomber ted kaczynski oh transferred to prison medical facility in north carolina so they moved him out of uh that's 2021 yeah that's that's even 2021 oh here's here's the one i was thinking of so he's getting good medical care here in north carolina he is that's why it's a great state to retire in. (laughs) it is it's the best and it really is this one will blow your mind because this one blows that one off the charts i think this is the biggest star we've had r kelly transferred to federal prison in north carolina this looks like it's about six weeks old yep we got him we got r kelly we got r kelly all right so we've got the you know we've got charlotte we've got greensboro we got raleigh we've got three big markets for him to play that's right <laughs> well in in prison he won't be the pr he'll be the pe i think that's yeah. what's going to happen in, in, when he's up yeah. in butner yeah i believe that's what's going to happen wow see i'm telling prison you it's state the, of the stars that's right it's 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 a prison of the stars uh yeah. do the do the wildfires in a pony she named wildfire yeah michael murphy here on magic 99 years before he became michael martin murphy and by the way did yeah, you know those that? great those great report recordings that paul davis made on bang records not available on amazon music you know how pissed Why? off i am about Why? that 
I'm sure I go com- crazy when I hear about that. <laughs> what I did. Well, they, that, that one's available. That one's painfully available, but like a little bit of soap. You can't hear it. You can't. I'm sure it's a copyright issue or something. The lawyers got involved. Yeah, I'm sure. What we're going to do now? Oh, wildfires. Oh, yeah. This is just, this is my, my observation today. And by the way, uh, do we have the uh, wildfires hoax take yet from the climate change deniers, the anti-mask people who now need to come out against wearing masks by people who are walking around the uh, streets of cities where the air is. I mean, come on, anti-mask people. This is your chance. Reassert yourselves. I think somebody beat you to it on one of those channels like Newsmax. The guy was going, ah, it's no big deal. They have the same air quality in places like Budapest. There you go. Yeah. This isn't going to make anybody sick. I, I, I knew I knew I couldn't have thought of this first no. ahead of anybody, but but uh, what I did catch, and I I was at the gym this morning, so I had all of the monitors in front of me, in addition to, to to messing around on my phone, changing channels, and uh, on on Fox, they were showing several Republican politicians, probably some of the anchors going along with it, of course, which is, tell me if this doesn't sound familiar to you. It's too soon to talk about climate change and Green New Deal legislation at too this soon. time. It's so it's soon. just like after a school shooting. It's, it's too right. soon to talk about this. And here's the worst part of it. On Fox, they put up the big fat graphic at the bottom of the screen and they show Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, uh, speaking this morning about the air pollution and the smoke and the fires and the rest. And of course it's at the bottom of the screen, Democrats politicize fires and smoke and pollution. <laughs> They're politicizing it. Okay. So Brit, every story is the same. It's just a question of the subject matter and how you plug it in. I'll give you an example here. I told the, I told Jane this this morning, which gives us a chance to move over to the most important subject right now, golf. Ah. But I said, here's, here's what's going to happen. And it's the same with everything. Um, assuming that this deal actually does go through, right? And suddenly Saudi money uh, washes over through, around, and into world golf and American golf and the group formerly known as the PGA. But I guess they're going to still keep the name. They are. They get to keep the name. Um, I think you really are going to have explicit, open, obnoxious protesting at golf tournaments. It's not going to be like anything you've ever seen. So what will happen very, very quickly? It'll be the backlash against the protesters. It's one thing to have an opposing view about a business deal, but it's another thing to interrupt the right of people to play the game. They didn't make the deal. And the fans who were there, you don't achieve anything by doing that, by interrupting that. You've gone over the line, and this is what liberals do. They don't respect law and order, the rule of law, what's fair and what's decent. So it'll be a backlash against a backlash against. It's the same story every Every time. time. Every time. Every time. Every time. Um, What what were you going to do on work from home, my ass? Oh, boy. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, the CEO of Farmers Insurance um, have been told they got to show up at the office at least three days a week. The name of the CEO of Farmers Group is uh, Raul Vargas. See, I thought it was J.K. Simmons. <laughs> for Academy Award winner J.K. Simmons for the movie Whiplash. Very good. Who, by the way, is a completely out-of-control, insane Ohio State fan, way beyond me. Oh, Not even close. Have you seen the documentary he has just narrated? Oh, my God. God. I don't know know when it's going to come to the streaming platforms, but he has narrated a brand-new documentary about the war between Ohio State and Michigan 
particularly in football. And the difference this time, they're making it uh, seem, I haven't seen it yet, I've seen uh, just little clips of the documentary, but uh, usually you never see the narrator. But since he's J.K. Simmons, he's famous. And so you see him apparently looking straight into the camera a couple of different times during the doc. But boy, did we get diverted there, did we not? If you've never seen Whiplash, I think it is on Amazon Prime. It's very, it's an excellent movie. Yeah. All right. So the CEO, Paul Vargas, who's a, uh, a recent ascendant to that particular company, which is based, where's Farmers Group based? Oh, I thought California. Indiana. I, I, yeah, was it California? It was California. Yeah. See, they tricked you. See? Aha. Aha. Uh, but here's the problem. The guy that was there before him, this is kind of like a Chris Lick, Jeff Zucker thing. You know, the new guy comes in. New rules, new rules. Um, the last guy said, you can work from home for the most part. Everybody, whoever wants to work from home. So a lot of people moved away from where they were to someplace where they wanted to be. Here's somebody on their message. I sold my house and moved closer to the grandkids. So I'm very sad that I made a huge financial decision based on a lie. And then you have people who are actually hired as remote workers now forget that you now have to come into the office so they're all pissed off um and this is a this is going to be a a a thing that i don't know that's ever going to be decided brit this is something that we never had to we never had to face uh during our our radio days because it's a long time ago but um and people were working away from home in radio forever they they were Including um, us the last year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think people, I think people like, uh, I'm going to pull out a name that's way in the past. People like Arthur Godfrey sometimes would do their, their shows from their house. And, help and help me out. The, when uh, the guy in San Francisco who had the feud with Savage, he was doing his show. And who we talked to the really big guy in talk radio. And I had a conversation with him in Dallas. What was that guy's name? And he was like one of the big PDs in the Bay area. But anyway, he, Oh, oh, the guy that ran KGO. Yeah. uh, Jack Swanson, Jack Swanson. Yeah. Okay. So Jack Swanson, his afternoon guy, and I can't remember who his afternoon guy was for many years. And this was even going back to the nineties, did his show from Asheville. Asheville, North Carolina. And I remember Swanson, because I told him I was from North Carolina, and he talked about having to go once a year to go kiss the ring of his afternoon guy. And then the afternoon guy and Savage used to get into it, as Savage did with every human who walked. Yeah. And then he told me the story about somebody actually someone actually someone actually defecated somebody actually defecated in Michael Savage's hat at the station. Not a problem. And I (laughs) I know I know that uh you know, the first job I had in radio was at a station in Columbus, Ohio called WTVN. It's still on. It's still a talk station. And uh, the morning guy uh, who did mornings for you know 35 years there, nice guy, great guy, just a great guy named Bob Connors. Apparently, the last 20 years, he did his show from Fort Myers or somewhere there you go. There you go. in Florida. He, you know, for, for, for some reason, he uh, just didn't want to in columbus anymore i don't know why i don't know why that was but, uh yeah. there was a there was a I guy at w why. there was a guy at wsjs i think that when glenn scott in his last few years he did the show from western north carolina as well in the horseshoe area but it's that's different for years. that's different than than these large companies well it's it's i mean with lots of people and I'll, I'll tell you what what it is here's what it is i think they all recognize it and if you're a worker you acknowledge it but you think you overcome it all the time that the interpersonal reactions and relationships and the way you interact with uh, other people in an office cannot be reproduced on zoom you can't do it so therefore it does take people sitting around talking to each other and having that interaction or you lose something that's what the ceos all think right isn't that the basis for them saying we got to have you here a couple days a week well the 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 my initial reaction is 
three days a week doesn't sound that bad, but if these people have been promised something else and then, well, what's the difference between three and two? What if you're only doing two? Are we really getting that much less productivity? Well, yeah. Why did uh, we decide, why did we decide on three? Because that just feels right. It seems like it's an arbitrary number just to make me feel good. I would just like yeah, to see you here. Three is arbitrary. Two, two is arbitrary. Of course. It's and, all, it's and all ridiculous. Isn't the same. And I'm just, I know that from talking uh, to uh, our own daughter, uh, Stephanie, who, very successful and has worked the last, I guess, four years at LinkedIn, um, owned by Microsoft up there in Chicago. The word she has used more often than I ever heard it before. And I hear her using it when she's at home with us from Chicago, because she'll come home for a week sometimes and she has to work every day usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she'll be, uh, looking at about three computer screens in front of her and, and getting her work done. But not only do I hear it there, but I hear it with us. She uses the word team, 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 team. My team did this. My team did that. And then the other word she uses a lot is role, R-O-L-E, my role, your role, my role here. And so team and and role, those are the two words that stick out to me among younger workers younger Mm -hmm. workers Mm -hmm. um and the rules that they had where she worked certainly during the pandemic or i guess this is probably all of microsoft uh, you don't have to come in at all if you can get your job done from outside and as far as i know even up to right now they didn't officially change the rule back to you have to be in the office a certain number of days of the week but it became obvious that it was a good idea to come in a day or two just to make your presence oh, known so they were heavily encouraged they were heavily encouraged but yeah. but uh if you were getting your job done and there, there were no penalties for it and she didn't perceive that there were any penalties to her or to anybody else that she knew so i guess if they live up to it that's fine but if you have somebody at the top suddenly trying to lay down the hammer that's a whole different discussion it it, it is silly and it's like for the two days a week now do i have to stay the entire eight hours am i good with four if i leave at 445 am i punished i gotta stay till five if i leave at 454 i mean it gets let me just say if you're that guy who asks those questions you might want to bring a cardboard box (laughs) so some things do not they don't want to have that discussion i guess that's the point the the last thing before we get out of here is that you know the last thing that I want to address before we get out of here, you know, the, the Freedom Caucus is still a little butthurt over that uh, debt ceiling thing with Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House. And you've seen that they've they've taken over the floor. They're slow rolling a lot of legislation. And what they've done, America, is they're failing to protect gas stoves, among other things. That was one of Ke- Kevin McCarthy's pet projects. He wanted the Gas Stove Protection Act to go forward. And Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and Biggs and Scalise, well, not Scalise because he's in leadership, but they've all said, fuck you, Kevin. Gas stoves are in jeopardy. (laughs) Well, if I understand this right, there was legislation that existed that could have been voted on, but it would have had to have been part of a much larger uh, piece of legislation that they were not interested in being a part of at all. So that meant that the wonderful idea of making it so that the federal government would right. rule that no city, no county, no locality, no nothing can make a rule uh, regarding the installation of gas stoves and new construction, because that's what this always is. It's not, and it never was, even though if you watch Fox, it was going to be Joe Biden wants to create an army of uh, 100,000 thugs with crowbars, with sledgehammers, that's right, and with jackhammers to go house to house to remove gas stoves and leave you with nothing except uh, a quart of firewood and uh, some matches to cook your food. If that, right, <laughs> that's how they're positioning this. And it was supposed to be a winner for the Republican Party because Asian families love to use walks. It's going to be our chance to really get some entree with the they, Asian. They didn't really say that, did they? they didn't <laughs> well, they didn't, really they didn't come that. out. It wasn't on a T-shirt or a bumper sticker. But, okay. yeah, I mean, that was a thing. And your favorite your favorite Chinese restaurant. They have the big-ass walk and the fire and the 
That's the best thing ever. I mean, if I was rich and I could have one of those dream kitchens like your your Ben Affleck's and your JLo's, I'd get like they got at the the Chinese restaurant where they got the hole in the stove with the flame right there. Damn, your wok could be hot as shit. You could just kill so, it with that. So you, so buying one of those high-end stoves with the six gas burners that you know, it's fun. About eight thousand bucks. That wouldn't would that be yeah. good enough for you? That, that would work. work. I mean, it get you it get you some horsepower. I'll tell you what I've done in the past. I have walked and I haven't used it in a while, but it was beautifully seasoned back in the day. I'd have to probably do some reseasoning on it. My brother had one of those turkey fryers, you know, where you put the thing on the thing, and, and I I just put that thing that walk right on top of that flame, and I got it smoking hot. And it was great. You know what? That's a new way to burn down your house, right? <laughs> it's a brand new way to burn down your house and create wildfire smoke that you can blame on transgenderism or something. I don't know. Well, uh, just so you know, I've I've basically been an electric stove yeah. boy my whole life. Same. Just about Same. my whole life. I think one yeah. or one or two moments. I think when we were moving when I was a kid, once or twice we may have had. Had a gas stove. Of course, I made my family move. Made my parents move. Like <laughs> We're <that>. moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, I found uh, electricity to work well, kind of just fine. But then, that's just me. I, I have, I have no standards and no respect for the history. Clearly, of gas stoves. Clearly, in this country. And by the way, on a day like today, and like tomorrow, although. We are under an air advisory in the entire state of North Carolina, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't know it from looking around, at least where we are. It's, it's perfectly sunny it's okay and here. Yeah. clear, but the numbers are probably not that good, but there's certainly nothing like you see in the oh, uh, Northeast. The West Coast, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and, and I guess Pennsylvania is, is where it's the, it's the worst, but the, the air that's being breathed in by by folks that are sending some of them to the to the hospitals. I mean, that's really a a larger version, a more tangible version of the gas stove issue. Because mm-hmm. what they're saying is that the the uh, residue from having a gas stove in your house over time, not just during the cooking, but when the pilot light is probably just on. Um, is demonstrably not healthy. And probably the poorer you are, the more likely, yeah. it's always this way, Correct. Uh, for this to affect you because air circulation in a in a uh, poor home, let's say Clarence Thomas's mom's old home, <laughs> by Harlan Crow might have been, dang- but she's obviously lived a long time, so it, it hasn't hurt her, but... Uh, um. Yeah, the Republicans flopped on that. They they flopped on that, and we'll uh, we'll see. You know, Britt, uh, this is our last podcast of the week, and think of this: we have three whole days Oof. for shit to happen while we're there. We go not uh, podcasting, and I guess we should make a pledge that if you know who gets slapped with an indictment, a big one, we will. We'll probably come on and maybe do a a special one if we if we yes. feel we have something to add to the to the conversation. You'll hear it here first. You probably not, 